Hey, folks, welcome to the second show of the week. It's a new experiment is starting here on the Live Life Progressively podcast. So this is what we're doing now. In case you guys hadn't listened to our last show with Jason Fertig, what Mike and I are going to do now, man, just for the sake of time and take away the intimidation of a two-hour show and to also to be able to get in a lot more content in in less time, what we're doing now is splitting the show up. So what's happening now at the beginning of the week, you're going to have our guest. That's what's going to happen on that show. And then a few days later, it's going to be a show where it's just Mike and myself where we can address your questions that you email to us or post on our fan page or on Twitter. And plus, who wouldn't want to hear the sounds of our voices for another hour? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I mean, exactly. So, I mean, what we're, some, we're going to kind of segment the show. So what's going to happen is some of you may be like, okay, I really want to hear who the guest is this week, and that's, that's what really piques your interest. And then some of you may feel like, you know what, I, I like hearing those guys talk. Or it's a combination of both, and you can split yeah. it up and – when you find the time to do it, you get it going. So it's still going to be the same amount of content each week. We're just going to be more skillful with how we deliver it. It's kind of like a TV show, right? You, you watch one, one hour premieres once a week. They don't have two right. hour episodes for good reason because people have stuff to do and it's, it's hard to hold someone's attention span for that long as well. So they right. give you what's really a 45 minute show after commercials once a week. Exactly. So we're kind of taking a page from that and applying that to our show. And also, folks, remember that you can use coupon code LLA to get 10% off any of my nutrition supplements. That's my testosterone booster, my Restorezon Ultimate Recovery product, and my recovery oil, great transdermal delivery source of magnesium, zinc, and MSM. So go to my website, use coupon code, get the best nutrition supplements, period, out there in the market. To get your goals, take a look at the testimonials for my testosterone booster. That stuff's legit. I didn't make those up. I didn't sit around Thursday night making up testimonials. I don't <laughs> have to. Thomas K said. Yeah, I don't have and to. John B said. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I spent years creating a fantastic testosterone booster. I mean, I, I had a guy who emailed me just yesterday telling me that his total testosterone went from 330 to 745 in six weeks taking my testosterone booster. And his free testosterone went way up to 105. It was basically non-existent before that. And, you know, that's the second testimonial I've gotten in 10 days about someone that's had a huge increase in testosterone. So the stuff works. I only make stuff that works really well. I only make stuff that I use personally. That's the philosophy behind my product line is if I'm not using it, I'm not making it. So I use stuff, I get great results, and then I put my label on it and sell it to you so you can get great results too. Now, you can also use LLA to get 30% off Sincere's body weight training video. You know, any of you that travel or you're looking for something to spice up your workouts or maybe you want something to do on those active recovery days in between those hard weight training sessions, Sincere's video is the place to go. It's got killer body weight stuff. It's not just push-ups and squats like you've seen on a million videos over and over again. It's totally different than what you've seen before. And it's a great price. So 30% off, you get a digital download version emailed right to you. You don't have to wait around for a week or two to get it. And there you go. There you go. So, yeah, just hop over to either one of my sites, MikeMalley.com or NewWarriorTraining.com, and take advantage of those coupon codes, folks. So this is the one time you can take advantage of us, and we won't be upset about it. <laughs> yeah, you can, also, you can also give us reviews on iTunes, and we'll send you some free gifts. So you'll get – a hormone optimization lecture series from me. It's eight hours of material. It's a $50 retail value just for posting a testimonial, just for posting a review of our show. Mm-hmm. So it's just our way of saying thank you. And you're also going to get a nice gift from Sincere. What, what are you sending them, Sincere? And they'll get the digital copy of the wellness code book from me. So another $20 value right there. And folks, also understand, if you email your review to me, I'm also going to pass over to Mike. So don't think that you're going to get shortchanged that way. And Mike does the same right. thing. So we yeah. both, you don't have to necessarily like, okay, I got to email both of those guys. We make sure that both of us know that you've sent your review in, so we both hook you up. So it's not like, oh, well, man, I didn't get the book. No, dude, you're going to get the book too. Trust me. Mike's going to send that information over. And Mike, you know, I'm going to send the information over to Mike as well. So you're going to get the hookup. So don't feel like, okay, i got to email both of those guys. But, you know, sometimes email programs might be a little janky, especially, you know, with the NSA tapping into Yahoo and Gmail this <laughs> week. You might want to go ahead and send it to both of us just in case. Just don't use any words that get you on a blacklist with us. <laughs> we don't want that kind of trouble. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even if, you have to, even if you do have to email both of us, big effing deal. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's, it's like, oh, no, you got to send two emails to get free products for you. Keep those reviews coming. We're, we're at 50 plus. You know, our goal is to get to uh, 100 reviews before the end of the year. So we've got about two months to do that. And 
no doubt we can do. We've got enough listeners that 100 should be easy. But uh, besides that, let's let's jump into some fun topics today. And well, we, think, we mentioned on the last show, you know, you just came back from the UK, and, yeah. and we didn't really get to go into it. And of course, whenever Mike goes overseas, Mike comes back with stories, and it usually starts with farting. I don't know what it is about. <laughs> I know I've got some karmic connections. You're a fart that. magnet. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, I I sit in economy plus, hoping that that helps, right? So it's it's, it's kind of like the equivalent of first class domestic. Not as expensive as first class going overseas, but it's way better than coach. So it's right in the middle. But I tell you, man, this is the second time that I've flown over to the UK where I've got stuck behind some silent farting. And it always happens when you're taking like a deep breath, right? It makes it it even worse. But you know what? I think it's the universe's way of saying, you know what, Mike, that you need to put together a really good informative booklet or maybe like an e-book on gut health. (laughs) <laughs> what gut health? What gut health is? Why it's important? How to achieve it? Just a ten-page pamphlet. Then I can start handing it out. You know, next time I'm behind. Give it away on every trip. Next time I'm behind a silent farter, I can say, hey, "Look, you know, I've noticed that you have some gut issues, and I think that for the benefit of yourself and anyone sitting behind you, you should check this little pamphlet out." Well, this shall so serve you well. That, that's how you turn a negative into a positive, folks. Boom. Hey, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then uh, great, great courses in the UK taught with Dan John, Sabina Scala, and Jack Lovett, who's uh, Britain's strongest man. That was that was a great course. We had two days. People loved it. Dan did a great presentation. Sabina and Jack presented together and gave away some awesome information on how they coach their clients. You know, I nailed it with some kettlebell information and hormone optimization lectures. So that was a fun course in London. And then the following weekend taught in Dublin. Great group, fun group. Then got a good course there, so it was a good time. So all in all, a good trip, but uh, also a little bit bittersweet because that's going to be the last time I teach for a while. You know, I have no plans to teach anywhere in 2014. I'm taking an extended break from teaching workshops, and uh, just going to focus on other stuff. Going to focus on making more great nutrition supplements. I've got a few more stuff in the pipeline. I've got an estrogen blocker I've been working on, and an adrenal fatigue product I've been working on, and then just focus on delivering great episodes of the show. You know, staying home for a while because you know, for those of you that never travel, I understand the allure of you just want to get up and go somewhere, and, and you should. You should definitely should. But when you've been to as many countries as I have in the last two years, you kind of have the opposite. You just want to stay home for a while, whether it's two months, three months, or so forth, and just right. give yourself a break from stuff. Also, from a business standpoint, I'll give you a little inside tip here. You know, sometimes it's good to make yourself scarce because people take you for granted. You know, people see you flying all over the place. They're like, ah, I'll just catch the next course he does. Yeah, he'll be back. Well, well, too bad, folks. You're not going to catch the next course because I'm not doing it anytime soon. So this is a way of also solidifying that point that there's not always going to be another opportunity. And I think that's a mistake a lot of people make in life in general. They somehow think that the opportunities are just going to keep coming in. It doesn't matter how many you miss, you're just going to keep getting more. And there's nothing further from the truth. You know, you, right. you may only get two or three great opportunities in life, and you need to, I mean, you need to pounce on those and absorb everything you can out of it. And the mistake a lot of people make is they just think, nah, when I'm ready, it'll be there. No, it won't. I remember offering a video deal to a lady years ago. It wasn't even an offer, actually. It was more of a discussion. I was like, hey, you know, I want to make a video for the female kettlebell market. And how about putting together some ideas on what you would want to present? Because I think you've got a good look. You've got a good style. Let's work out a concept and go from there. And she says, oh, I'm going to put together this thesis in a couple of days and have it to you by next week. You know, I didn't hear from her for a year. So I don't follow up with people. You don't email me. I'm not going to email you and see what the, what's going on. You know, I'm offering you a deal here. So the last thing I'm going to do is waste my time following up with people. A year later, I get an email from her saying, oh, I just wanted to let you know I'm still thinking about that project. I was like, well, you're the only one. <laughs> because I'm not. Are you kidding me? You, you just Why would I want to put money down with someone who doesn't even have the horse sense to put together a concept and deliver it in a week. You know what I mean? This is someone who doesn't value an opportunity. That's fear. Yeah. You know, that's fear right there big time. It's like two things are happening here. They're probably an industry they really don't care about, or right. they're right. afraid of like, well, what if I'm not good enough? Why would I? Why would he ask me that? And what if I screw up? And then what if he never wants to do business with me again? What if, what if, what if, if it was a split, we'd all be high. Get yeah, over it. You can play that what if game to, to infinity, but the reality is you just don't want to do it. You just don't exactly. want to do it. Because everyone has those. You know, I have those fears before I teach every course. And I've been teaching for 12 years. I always, before I get in front of the group, there's always that moment of, you know, what if this is the course I totally screw up? 
Right. And what if I just bomb everything and I don't have good delivery and people think this course sucks? Now, those kind of fears go through my head before every event. And I've been teaching for a long time. Tell you what, though, never once has it stopped me from presenting ever because you just tell those fears to go fuck themselves. And then you get up there and teach. I mean, you have yeah, to you actually let that drive you. It's like, thank you yeah. for that. I needed that. It's exactly. like a fighter. For any exactly. fighter to sit there and step into the ring and say they're not nervous, then they don't give a shit. Exactly. It's, but, exactly. Because guess what? That nervousness is going to drive you because you, you, you want that feeling to hurry up and go away. So you want to hurry up and get to a positive place in that fight or in this situation. You want to go ahead and get, this, get the ball rolling with this workshop just so you can tell fear to kiss off. It's like, okay, well, I started now. Now what? No, it's, like, it's, like guys who have to, it's like young guys who tell me, you know, they have such a hard time asking a girl out. And, you know, to, to be fair, I understand that fear because I was a pretty shy guy for most of my teenage years. And even, yeah. you know, even into college, and I didn't really come into myself in terms of confidence until I was in my late 20s, to be honest, and early 30s. So I understand that fear all too well. And, the, you know, just getting rejected is such a demoralizing feeling. I can see how someone's going to be like, oh, I feel like an idiot now. But you know what? Don't right. feel like an idiot. You put yourself out there. It didn't work out. So what? You put yourself out there. A lot of people never do that. And I think, I think John Hines, we were talking about this. He says his advice to people is always just, just go talk, man. Start a conversation and just get it going from there. You know what right. I mean? You'll get more comfortable as you go along because – you know, whenever you have to do anything important in life, there's always going to be that little bit of fear in your head, which is like, oh, you're going to screw up doing this, or don't do this, you're going to screw up. And you really need to tell that voice to F off and go do it anyway. You know, just do it anyway. Because and I think the queen, the queen of just walk up and just starting a conversation with anyone is my wife. It's just, it's just amazing. It's like you swear by the time the conversation is over, they've known each other for years. And that's right, one thing right. I truly admire about her because I'm an assessing type of person. I always kind of like, what's this person about? I'm an observer first. Kind of check this guy and see what you're about. Also, let people talk until you really get to find out who they are. Because right, the thing right. is, if they are fraud, fake, liars, whatever, if they keep talking, eventually they're going to reveal themselves. Again, I always bring up the Maya Angelou one-on-one. If people tell you who they are, believe them. Let them do it. But yeah. my wife, she won't just give them a chance. Like, well, you know what? I'll just take that chance. If they're a fake person or whatever, hey, no sweat off my back. I'm still who I'm going to be. And yeah, there's not, there's nothing, yeah, there, and there's nothing wrong with either style. There's nothing wrong with yeah. her style or your style. It's just, exactly. just who you people are. So, I mean, more power to both of you. I think that's exactly. cool. But I, I, I think a lot of people shortchange themselves because they, they just let the fear get the better of them. And I remember that I got to a point in life where I started thinking about you know, how many missed opportunities I've had just because I let that fear just handicap me and I didn't right. act. And something as simple as asking a young lady out to dinner or starting a business. And so I remember I had this point where I was like, you know what, next time I see a good-looking girl, I'm just going to go ask her out, start a conversation. Who cares what happens? I remember one time I was at, this is like when I was 26 or something, I was at Whole Fields in Washington, D.C., and there was, a, there was a nice-looking lady working the counter. I just went up to her, and I started talking to her and so forth, and then, and then I threw it out to her. I'm like, hey, I'd love to take you out to dinner sometime, and then she's like, oh, you know, I've got a boyfriend, but I've got a sister who might be interested, and I felt <laughs> so stupid at that. But there's like a bunch of people behind me kind of like laughing a little bit, chuckling, and I was like, you know what? I wish a, I wish a bolt of lightning would hit me right now. But <laughs> you all you all pitching me on her sister, and I was like, you know what, you know what, that's okay. I was like, let me let me let me get out of here quickly right now. I, I need to run, you know. I need to run right out that door and forget that this ever happened. You know? and, I, and I had a few more instances of stuff like that. But that, but you know, looking back, I'm like, hey, so what, man? You I was just shot. Saying, you know, looking back, you're like, maybe I should have taken a, taken up on an offer about the sister. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no doubt, no doubt, no doubt. <laughs> Yeah, but what's, I mean, looking back, it's kind of like we were talking about in a previous show. It's like you, you make a bunch of mistakes in the training. Well, both of us have made our share of mistakes as trainers, and then well, at least we can look back and laugh now as opposed to looking back and saying, you know, we never did anything. Right. And I, th- I, th- I think that's the way to look at it. And I, I think it's also you need to embrace that fear and almost enjoy it. It's like, okay, I, I feel nervous right before this. It's like that's being alive right there, that feeling of being nervous, that exhilaration. That's feeling alive because it's great when you're nervous about giving a a speech and then you get up there and kill it and then people are clapping and they're telling you how much they enjoyed it. I mean, that just makes it so much better because when you walk up there with a little bit of doubt and then you push right through that fear and it works out well, I mean, that's an incredible feeling. So don't yeah, don't be afraid to go for opportunities where that's going to happen. On our way, um, we were in Austin this past weekend. So I was listening to a podcast, and someone brought up what you see a lot of times with people about, who are very fanatical when it comes to religion or, or or politics or something like that. They're really passionate about it and really fanatical about it because you know why? A lot of times they don't really know anything about the two. 
they, right. there's a lot of hope in those situations, a lot of doubt. And that's the reason why. So to overcompensate for that, that's when they just really, really get, impass- get impassioned about that. Now, for the things that you just truly know that's going to happen, for example, okay, the, if the sun is out right now, how many people are excited right now? Like, dude, the sun, oh, my God, it's just bursting right it's outside. Like, whoa. We were looking at like, dude, we were like, dude, are you serious right now? Calm down. But you know the sun is out there, and there's, there's no doubt about it. And so who's truly excited about that? Just, we're going a 30-minute tangent about the sun. You probably won't find someone like that unless they're high up some other things. <laughs> okay, so, but when somebody's got that doubt or they're hanging on to hope, basically this also equates to there's that fear of just not knowing. They're going to go all out about it, man. Just try to, try to subside and try to get some of that doubt and that hope and just really kind of get it out of the way so it can make them feel just a little bit more sure about the situation. So okay. there's something to be said about that nervousness, dude. Just be like, ah, let me take this. Because let's be honest, if you go, we talk about this all the time, people who go to a job that they hate. Well, the thing is, you know what to expect a lot of times. It's like, okay, I'm going to go in, be here for the next nine hours. I still got that asshole that works in the cubicle next to me who's always smacking on his gum. There's the other one that's always on the phone bitching to his wife about how his life sucks. I know how this is going to play out. Well, that's not exciting. There is no excitement in yeah, that. Because so, you, you already know what to expect. There's something to be said with the things that you don't know about and that, that nervousness and that fear of the unknown. And how I don't know how this is going to turn out, but you know what? I'm going for it, man. F it. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah, it's fun, man. It makes things exciting. I mean, just earlier this year, I was on a flight to Australia to teach in mm-hmm. Melbourne and Sydney, and the, the flight was delayed taking off because the lady had a panic attack, and she, she just had to get off the plane. And so they have to get her bags off as a security measure, all that stuff. Right. And you know, when I got to Sydney and Melbourne, and it was such a good trip, I started thinking, like, man, what, what, a, what a missed opportunity this lady had. Yeah. And I'm not, I don't want to diminish the fear she had because, you know, whatever she's feeling is real to her. So that's something she's mm-hmm. going to have to work through. But, you know, the bottom line is the plane made it there safely and the plane made it back safely. So, right. I mean, the likelihood of something going wrong is so low that you don't, you don't want to let that fear just cripple you, that you, you missed out on all these great opportunities because who knows if she'll ever get a chance to go again. Right. And, and Australia is an amazing place. So if you get it, if you get a chance to go, you've got to do it. You've got to get on that plane and go, you know, whatever fear you have. And honestly, I, I'm not the best. You know, people would probably think that I'm just totally relaxed in every plane I go on. because I've, I've been flying since I was a kid. And, you know, for the most part, that's true. But you know, sometimes we hit that turbulence real hard. And, oh, when you get that drop. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm bracing my midsection like that's going to help somehow. Oh, dude. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, no. I'm, <laughs> I'm doing all those ab exercises, and then all yeah, of a sudden yeah. I'm, going into, I'm going into my deep breaths, and I'm all like, USA, and all this other man. Like, dude, if the plane's going to crash, you can USA your ass off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the bitch is going to yeah. crash. <laughs> Jason Dolby told us one time that uh, he told me one time, Brad, I'm, I'm not sure if he told you this story, but he told me one time he was flying. I don't know if it was back from Russia or wherever he went. But the, the plane, so he was sitting next to the wing, and so he could just see the wing flapping like a bird, and he was sweating bullets. And this really old guy just grabbed his hand and said, don't worry, young man, everything's going to be okay. <laughs> At that moment, he's like, man, this little old guy is like trying to comfort me. You know, I'm supposed to be this big, strong dude. Oh, yeah. He's looking forward to a crash. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's like, he's like, you know what? If it crashes, I'm only going to live for another week or two anyway. So, <laughs> no, it's, it's, Boy, it's he's, true. He's seen a lot of things. So. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I, I think it's just important to. I, I think I think you really have to look at those fears as a good thing. It just really means that you're really alive in that moment, and you have an opportunity to push through and. I always try to put myself in the future looking back, like, you know, how am I going to feel, let's say, five years from now looking back at how I acted in this situation? Am I, am I going to look back and be proud, or am I going to look back and be like, man, I was such a I fucking do. dipshit back then. What, right. what was I thinking? Why did I miss out on that? It's so stupid. It's so dumb. If I could go back and change that. You know, you, you, you want to live in a way that you live fully where you don't have those moments of, oh, I wish I could go back and change that every, every, you know, throughout your life. We're all going to have those, but you don't want right. to have it about every aspect of your life, as, as so many do. So that, that's the key there. And I think it's also important to uh, – there was a book that talked about you know, the power of now, you know, being focused on the present. And yeah, I think that was um, Eckhart Tolle. Yeah, Eckhart Tolle, exactly. Yeah. So, so many people are he, – he had a great analogy in there talking about how we're basically like parents of our future self. So in other words, we're always so focused on, oh, okay, I got to make sure I do this now so that future Mike is taken care of. And I right. got to make sure I make money now and save it so that future Mike is taken care of. 
Right. So we're, we're always we're like parents of our future selves. We're, we're, we're always so concerned about making sure that our future selves' well-being is taken care of. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't allocate some time and effort to that. You know, you, you want to play the game smart and you want to have savings and so forth. Those are all important things. But you don't want to do it at the expense of living now because future you doesn't exist right now. All there exactly. is is who you are right now. And what, what happened in the past is gone. It's dead. It doesn't exist anymore. Who yep. you were in the past is dead, gone, exists. All you have is right now. So if you're not living fully right now, then, then you're not living at all. You're right. just constantly stuck in a future that doesn't exist and a, power, and, a, and a past that doesn't exist either because it's gone. Yeah, and what you end up having is like when you're living in the past, you've got regret. When you're living in the future, you have fear. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. basically both of those suck ass, so give me now. And if you take care of now, you're going to have less regrets and you're going to have less reason to focus on future you because you know, if you take care of things right now, then your future is going to be taken care of. You know, as much as, you know, considering as much control as you have, you know, none of us really have as much control as we would like to think we have. I mean, we're on a, on a planet spinning out of control through the universe. I mean, how much control do we really have? So we have to keep that in mind. But at the same time, that doesn't mean that there's, there's a cop out there where it's like, oh, I, I don't need to do anything because I don't have any control anyway. You know, that's a cop out. That's being stupid. But just kind of accepting the reality that, you know, life is chaotic. You know, who knows what could happen? I could mm-hmm. go walk the dogs today and trip over a rock and smash my knee. You know, I mean, you know? most likely it's not going to happen, but it could. So just, just enjoy each moment, live fully, and then you're not going to have as many regrets. And also you're not going to have as you're not going to have as many worries either because things are going to take care of themselves. And, you know, there was a really interesting study with people in their 80s looking back on their life, and they, they, didn't, they didn't have as many regrets about things they did. It was what they didn't do right. that really just gnawed at them. Like, why didn't I do that? Why didn't I take this opportunity? And I, and I really, you know, one of the things that a lot of young people could really do that would be a great service to them is to go – Find some old people to talk to. Talk, you know? man. Yeah, they listen to their stories. Listen to how they live their lives. You know, what did they screw up completely on? What did they do right? And you know, what do they regret the most? And things like. I mean, you can learn so much. I mean, yeah, my grand talk my, to your grandparents. And just yeah. Don't sit there and think like, well, they're old. They don't understand me. You know what? Honestly, it's the other way around. A lot of times, you're too young and you don't understand them. But you know what? How you fix that? You talk to them, and they'll help you understand. And even if it's not a story that you necessarily like, okay, well, I don't want to do that, or I don't want to live that way, there's a whole, that's the beauty in all that, because you're learning from yeah. their experience. And you don't have to sit there. And a lot of times, you don't have to go out there and bust your ass a few times in order to learn. So it's just like, oh, well, that kind of sucked, Grandpa. And I, I'm going to make sure I don't try to reinvent the wheel here. I don't want to go back down that path or whatever. Or, dude, that sounds awesome. I can't believe I haven't done that yet. I want to go do that, too. Yeah, all my, all my grandparents unfortunately passed years ago, but I remember I, I, have, I had so many conversations with my great-grandmother, my grandfather, yeah. my grandmother that, that I, often, I often pull into memory now because I'll be experiencing something and I'll kind of be like, man, this is what my grandfather was talking about. This exactly. exactly right here, right now, this is what he was talking about. Or like I'll be, I'll, I remember all the great conversations I had with my great-grandmother, and I'll be like, you know what? This reminds me of what she was talking about here. So, I mean, it was, yeah. it was, it's nice to have those memories. I'm glad I, I had a time – I'm glad I had a chance to spend so much time with them early in my life because even though they're not here now, it still has a profound effect on, on just my whole life experience. Yeah, and even for some of those who don't even have that, just like you're saying, you know, like your grandparents, your great-grandparents, they've passed on, some people – don't even have that as far as parents. So they're right, kind of on their right. own. You know, they have, but guess what? There are still some great older mentors out there who have experiences. Even if you just stop and you see the old guy, it used to really intrigue me a lot of times just to drive around and you see homeless people all the time. And a lot of people just, it's become so commonplace that they just, they're immune to it at this point. But I always wondered in the beginning, like, I just wondered what that guy's story is. How did he get here? What's going on? You know, as I got on, I was like, screw it. Ask him. <laughs> you know, just like, hey, what's going on? If they're ignored so much, they'll be more than happy just to talk because you don't know their story. And, of course, not everyone's intrigued. And guess what? Not all times is going to be a safe situation to just run up to a homeless guy or lady or whatever, and who knows what they're going through. So I'm not saying just do that with anyone. But sometimes, <laughs> man, sometimes yeah. your gut just says, like, hmm, I've seen some really, really cool, interesting-looking homeless guys like, what's this dude's story? And you say, hey, man, how you doing? And They'll get to talking. It's, it's amazing how one question can just be so uplifting. Someone's like, how are you? Yeah. Yeah. Just ask yeah. somebody about their day. 
how are you? Especially if you see somebody with just a sourpuss face, instead of sitting there and getting an attitude with them, like, ugh, well, they, they're rude. They're looking like they're having a bad day. They're like, hey, just smile. Hey, how are you? You'd be amazed because they may have a bad day just because no one even asked them that question. No one gave a damn. They just want yeah. to work, do this, do this, do this. Here's your assignment for the day, and bye-bye. Because people want to be acknowledged, dude. Right. They just want to be acknowledged. And that's pretty much that's the core of who we are. Just like, hey, yeah, I'm here. It's I'm fun here, to have, it's, it's fun when those organic conversations come up where there isn't really an agenda. I mean, yeah, you know, no one, no one, no one's trying to talk to you because they, they're going to try to pitch you on something or right. or something like that. It's cool when you're just just going through your day and you just meet different people for whatever the circumstance is, and you have a nice organic conversation. And it, it doesn't necessarily lead to something where you exchange email and stay in touch. You may never see that person again, but it doesn't really matter because. What you had right there when you were talking to them was cool. Exactly. You both have left your impact right there. Sometimes yeah, you don't yeah, need to exactly. go any further than that conversation. Absolutely. And guess what? They yeah. may have done something that really helped you with your day while you were trying to help them with their day. Pretty much you're, you're getting what you gave. Just, it's, just it's, that it's cool when that happens. It's cool when that happens. It happens a lot when you travel overseas, especially if you're on your own, because I, I don't, I'm, I'm not the kind of guy who wants to sit around a hotel room just watching TV. You know, I, don't, right. I don't need to watch Law & Order in Australia. I don't, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't need to watch it ever, but I definitely don't need to watch it there. So you know, I'm right. not going to be in Sydney on a Thursday night watching CSI at 8 p.m. in the hotel room. I'm going to go down to the bar downstairs and talk to whomever. I'm that kind of guy, too. You know, I, don't, I don't have a problem just walking up to strangers and talking or jumping in conversations because right. – that's where a lot of fun happens, man. And, and I don't want to be someone who goes to another country and, and you never experience anything. Like, like Dan John was talking about how so many countries he goes to to teach. What it, all he sees is the hotel room and the gym where he's teaching, and that's it. Yeah. And, and like this time in the U.K., he said he really wanted to see. He brought his wife out with him so they could go check out the city and go do tourist right. stuff. And I, I think that's important to do, too, because sometimes there's this ugly American attitude where it's, you go to another country, and you just want to be around where the Americans are, and you just want to stay with right. stuff that's comfortable. Don't go to fucking McDonald's when you're in <laughs> Tokyo, okay? <laughs> don't go to Subway when you're in But come on, Mike, I actually want to see the menu. Like, yeah. I want to yeah. see it written. Don't, like, I don't know. <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, I remember one time I was walking around Melbourne, and I was hungry, and the, the only thing I could find for a while was Subway. And I was like, you know what? I don't care. I'm going to keep going until I find something else. Cause <laughs> I, I, re, I refuse to walk into Subway, all right? <laughs> All the way here on the other side of the world, I'm going to go to Subway? No, that's not happening. I don't care. I don't care what I find. Yeah, it was the funniest know? thing, man, when uh, my wife and I, you know, when we were dating at the time, we went to Paris. Pretty much everything pretty much closed. But the only thing that was open was McDonald's and Kentucky Fried Chicken and KFC. And I looked at it, I was like, no, not going to do it. I'm going to go right over there to that coffee shop, and I'm just going to have whatever pastry they have, and I'm going to have an espresso. I am not I don't. I don't want KFC in Houston. I damn sure <laughs> don't want fried chicken in Paris. Okay, everything in that sentence is wrong. Fried chicken, Paris, nope, doesn't work for me. Not when I live in the South. Not when I live in the South. That is blasphemous. Okay. No, but, but I mean, so many people go to other countries, and they're just trying to bring America with them. Yeah, and I, 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 love, I love America as much as anyone else does, man. But when I go to another country, the whole point is to get away and experience, I want to experience something else. experience that country. Yeah, My thing exactly. Is that you, and if you're from another country, you're coming to America, then, yeah, I'm going to take you around and – take you to the best Tex-Mex place, the taquerias and things like that. I'm going to show you, okay, this is how we do it down in Texas. But when I come over to, you know, if I come to Israel, if I'm coming to Lebanon, you better not even dare try to take me to McDonald's. I'm going to look at you really cock <laughs> Okay, so. No, it's, like coming, it's like coming to Vegas and you don't go to the Strip. You just go to, right. some, go to some shopping mall in the suburbs, which is similar to what's back home. It's like, come on, man. Las Vegas is the Strip. If you're not going there, then there's no real point you're, coming. You didn't here. go to Vegas. Yeah, go to the Strip and then go to Red Rock and Lake Mead and all those other places. Go, right. go see Uber Dam, et cetera, you know, get the full experience. So, I mean, those, those are just some of the things to keep in mind is that, you, I mean, life at the end is about all of those amazing experiences, some right? The accumulation You're not, you, of experiences, man. Yeah, exactly. That's what I always think of. I'm not a materialistic guy. I mean, I have a nice car, live in a nice home and stuff like that. But, you know, beyond that, I don't really care. I don't want to have a bunch of clutter. I want to have a lot of experiences like this year, honestly, we're getting towards the end of 2013. You know, when I look back on that Australia trip earlier in March, that feels yeah. like last year sometime. Right. I mean, it feels like a long time ago, you know, Dubai last year in November. So it's been a year since I've been in Dubai. That feels like two years ago. Yeah, it does. I, <laughs> I remember, when you, talk, I remember yeah. when you were like, you had a layover here in Houston. It just seemed like that yeah, was yeah, a yeah. long right. time ago. 
because so much has happened since then. Like, you know, testosterone booster came out, my Restores Line product came out, all these workshops. We started this podcast, you know, we're 26 episodes in. And that's a good feeling. You, you want to have years like that. You want to feel like one year was like a long year. It's like, wow, look how much happened this year. That's right. great. Well, for a lot of people, every year is the same repeat of another. They're like, oh, man, the year went by so fast. Well, that's because you didn't do anything interesting. There's nothing to remember. You had another right. boring-ass year, so of course it went by fast. You did the it same thing. Like yesterday, day. we were just doing New Year's Eve. I'm like, <laughs> I, don't even, I don't even remember New Year's Eve at this point. <laughs> no, what's funny about it, that's another thing that's funny, is that New Year's Eve is, you know, you know when, you, when, you, when you love what you're doing, you don't really care about New Year's Eve. Like, what are we going to do on New Year's Eve? Uh, I'm going to have steak at my father-in-law's, and we're going to drink wine. We're going to play dominoes. Because that's what we do, and that's what I look forward to. I can, I'm not thinking about the big party, the big blowout party, the, the end of the year and start the year. Like, I, I have those quite often. Yeah, I'm going to go down to the bar, pull down my pants, jump on top, and sing Beyonce. <laughs> jump on top, you know? <laughs> I mean, come on. You, know, you don't have to have all these, like, nutty experiences. I mean, you, you hang out with a couple of cool people, and you're going to have a good New Year's Eve. But, I mean, my attitude about New Year's Eve is that it's just another day for me, just like Friday. Friday, you know, you know, you know how that when you used to work for someone else, or maybe when you were in school, oh, like okay, Sunday, Friday, man. Sunday, you couldn't even yeah, enjoy baby. Sunday. Yeah, you couldn't even enjoy Sunday because you knew you had to go back to that existence on Monday. Another right? Monday. <laughs> it just took away. It, even like when you went on vacation for a week, you'd enjoy the first four days, and then the last two, you're thinking, oh God, I got to go back to that. So it kind of ruins it. Yeah. But when you work for yourself and you love what you're doing, there is no difference between Monday and Friday. There really no. isn't. There's no difference between New Year's Eve and any day of the week or Christmas or any day of the week because you wake up and you're like, man, what, do I, what am I going to create today? And that's a fun feeling, man. So, I mean, you want to you wanna make your life that way where it's not just living for the weekends. Right. Even if you don't have your own business, even if, if you're in the moment and you're enjoying the moment, you won't give a damn what day it is. Right. <laughs> you don't care. You don't care. So if you are working in a job that you actually like, that day is going to seem like it went by quickly. You're like, well, damn, that was a good day. The day is already over. Instead of sitting there looking at the clock like, man, can't believe I just finished lunch. I, is it 5 o'clock yet? Dude, you just came back from your lunch break, which was only two hours after you got to work. <laughs> are you already looking at the clock, staring it down now? So yeah. that right there is you need to start thinking, okay, something's got to happen. Some things are going to have to change because this sucks. I, I just don't want to live like this anymore. This doesn't now, feel good. People always say life is short, and I, honestly, it's long if you have a crappy life. Believe me, <laughs> any, anyone who's in prison for the rest of their life, it's yeah. going to feel long. You know, They're not feeling job, that <laughs> Yeah, exactly. They're not going, oh, 60 years here? That's gonna, I'm sure it's going to go by fast. No, it's yeah, not Even if you're on death row here in Texas, it's not happening immediately. You might be there 20 years waiting to die. So even that's not immediate. So the life is short thing, eh, not so much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then you know, working at a, at, at a career that you can't stand, that you that you hate, is going to feel in the same realm. You know, you're just you're, you're it's just going to be drudgery after a while. And 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 I and I don't you know I'm not I'm not just like uh, looking down on anyone who's in that situation or just diminishing that at all because I've been there before. I think when you and I bring up these topics, uh, it's important that we're not talking down to you. We're exactly. just trying to we're, understand we're, that. Yeah, we're trying to get you to just think in another way. You know, maybe give you some motivation to try some stuff out. Maybe have you look at your life in a different way. That's all we're trying to do, just sharing perspective. Because I, I've done a lot of jobs that I couldn't stand. So I understand that. And I also understand that you, know, you may have a family and you've got responsibilities. You can't just quit a job you hate because you've got other right. things going on. And I totally respect that. Just, just giving you food for thought. That's all it really is, just sharing experiences. And even those situations where you can't just drop everything, that job situation, that's one thing. But the other aspects of your life, hey, yeah. man, up to Annie on those. And therefore, that shitty job will be so minute compared to everything else. And yeah, so maybe, you really maybe start maybe looking for ways to make it more fun. You know, it's yeah, just exactly. like, hey, I've got my family. I've got my health. You know what? I'm going to just say kiss off to this job. I'm about, I'm about to go out and just take a, a good walk. I'm going to grab the dog. I'm going to go with my wife with the kids, we'll walk around the block. There's something to be said about a staycation. You don't necessarily have to sit there and try to come up with money and save all this money to go somewhere right. where you might end up being miserable because you're on that vacation thinking about, I can't believe we spent this much money on this and this much on this. How am I going to put this money back in our savings that we spent on this vacation? Because guess what? That's not a vacation anymore. There's something to be said about a staycation. You can right. do a lot right there at home. There's yeah, a lot you can good. do. It's just about just being creative and getting out of your own way and, and just really enjoy, again, being back into the moment and not worrying about, like, well, if we do this, this is going to set us back this far. Well, you know what? Don't do that because <laughs> it's not going to help when you're, all you're thinking about is, like, 
all the wrongs and all the things they're going to make that so-called moment of enjoyment suck. So what's the point? That's another thing to think about right there. And just baby steps, man. No one's saying just, like I said, be extreme and be like, ah, I'm just going to drop it all. No, you have responsibilities. We get that. So, again, the whole purpose of this show is just really kind of just light that fire in your ass, man, because there's nothing like it. Even if it doesn't happen right now or today, start just already start putting the, putting the plan together to make it happen. Start working towards the day where you can actually say, you know what, I'm done. Yeah, I, don't have to, I don't have to do this anymore because I've been working for the last couple of weeks, months, whatever, putting all this stuff together, being responsible, and here I am. Here we go. Here are the changes. Let's make it happen. I'm done with this. I'm done with this feeling. I'm sick and tired of this. And that's the point. You've got to get to the point where you're sick and tired, where there is no other option. Yeah, when you wake up and just the idea of continuing down the same path is nauseating, then you know you're ready to change. So I, yeah. honestly, I honestly feel that you're not going to be successful at whatever you're at unless you really burn those bridges where just the idea of going back is just nauseating. Because, I mean, that's, that there were a few times early in my career where I was like, man, this is just not working out, and I'm going to have to get a job for a while and get back on my feet and then come back to this and then – the more I thought about that, I would, I would really feel like I'm about to throw up. And I was like, you can't go yeah, back man. to that. You know you can't go back to that. So whatever effort you're going to put into that, you can put right here in your business and make this thing grow. And, yeah. and, <laughs> and it did. So, I mean. It always feels like a trap, man. It always feels like a trap. Yeah. And, yeah. And my, it's funny. It's something my mom used to say. She's like, well, if things ever get too bad, you know you can always come home. I said, no, I can't. Yeah, because exactly. I, I know how it turns out. I know how yeah. it turns out for people that end up going back to where I was raised, man. They right. get there, they get trapped. They they talk a good game about, yeah, I'm just gonna work a little while here, you know, get caught up, and then I'm gonna go do this. I'm gonna move here. I'm gonna never and it happen. hasn't happened. Yeah. Yeah, and I refuse. I told my I told my mom I said I will live under a bridge in Houston, Texas, with my wife before I ever come back <laughs> home. I said I will just be homeless. I'll be that guy on the news that. What, where are they now story on Oprah? <laughs> you know, here's the guy in the top of the fitness business, and now he's living under a bridge on South Main in Houston. What happened to Sincere August? I, I think, he would I not think, go home. That's what happened. <laughs> I think that's the biggest problem people have is, is not accepting that fact, that it's going to be really difficult, and it's going to take all of your attention and effort. Yep. So you, can't, you can't have this whole attitude of, well, I'm just going to build it up on the side, and then when the side equals what I'm making, then I'll transition over. And that sounds all nice and fuzzy in theory, but it never works it, in it, practice. It's not going to equal ever. what you're making. There's not one person I've ever seen or even heard of that's ever done that. You know, to build a, an authentic entrepreneurial pursuit takes serious effort. It's not a hobby anymore. This is how you're going to make your living. You can't just relegate it to – an hour or two after your nine to five or on Sunday afternoon. No, it, it needs to be, you wake up in the morning with fire, man. You're out there on the yeah. hunt. You're going to make stuff me. In happen. the beginning, in the beginning, yeah. You may have nothing but that one or two hours late at night to, to really work on this because you still, again, you have responsibility, so you can't drop everything. But guess what? Eventually, as you really start getting your hands dirty into what you really want to do, that job is going to be in your way, and you're going to have that momentum going more towards your so-called plan B, which is now actually your plan A. Right and now, where you've been working all the time is plan B, and you realize, like, you know what? I'm done. i got to let this go because I, I got this going on, what I really want to do. And I can't – you're going to realize, like, I can't keep doing what I want to do as long as I keep doing what I can't stand. And you're going to cut something off. And guess what? That's not just business. That also happens in relationships as well. At some point, you're going to be like, dude, I love myself more than I love just being with someone, even though they treat me like shit. So I'm more important than just the status of having a relationship or the fear of being alone. Well, well, any, any, any time you're in a self-destructive relationship, that's not something you should get, try to get out of gradually. You need to burn that no, thing to the ground and get the fuck out. out. You're not doing either one you, you need to jump out the window like your house is on fire. That's it. I'm out. Wait a minute. The parachute. No, nope, you, you, you need to pull out of your driveway so fast like you just robbed a <laughs> bank. You know? <laughs> oh, man. You need to jump off the sidewalk like a building's about to crash. I mean, you need to get out of there so <laughs> Where are you going? Away. Oh, yeah. yeah, believe me, there's there's no gradual way to get out of that. You know, what's a, once you're in, a, in an abusive situation, it's it's and I didn't mean it mentally, emotionally, definitely physically, it's but any of those three. It's not going to get out. me better. No, it's no. not. It's not. Run. Absolutely. Oh no. Oh yeah. We got to talk about this man because uh, that, that UFC fight with Dos Santos Velasquez hey, part man, three that took place while we were over. Did you deliver or what? 
<laughs> that was one of the best UFCs ever, man. That whole card was incredible. But, man, that fight was savage, man. Cain Velasquez is a savage. I mean, the pressure that he kept on Dos Santos for all five rounds was ridiculous. And I thought Joe Rogan made an interesting point about how Dos Santos is is he if, if Cain Velasquez weren't in the picture, he would definitely be champion. Yeah, that, 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 would, he's, that would be he's it. He's a true number two, right? So, I mean... And, and even Dana White said that. Dana White said the yeah. same thing in an interview on Fox Sports 1. Like, and, so many, no, I, mean, I mean, so many of these other fighters below those two are going to have to get through Dos Santos to get the Cain, and they're not going to be able to get through Dos Santos. It, that's what so, sucks. So like Dos Santos and Kane are going to have to keep on fighting because I mean, who are who are, who are these people that are in the heavyweight division that are going to beat Dos Santos? I can't think of no. anyone. No, I, I can't think of anyone at all. At I mean, for Doom, is going to get a fight with Kane just because you know, he's coming off a win. I actually feel Kane. like the excitement of the heavyweight division just ended. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think yeah. it just went back. I think it just went back to 2007, 2006, and you know, I think it's going back to that now. But Where, the, thing, uh, the thing about Dos Santos versus Kane, part four, five, six, I don't really see how Dos Santos is going to win. But I think these last few fights show that it's Kane just has his number. Like, exactly. His number. And, it, and I have to agree with Dana. I have to agree with Dana when he said that. For Dos Santos, this is a tough dude, but I think he's too tough for his own good. Oh, absolutely. That fight should have ended in the third round. Dude, his arms were down by his side. He was just kind of just looking, and he was just taking it to the chin. And it's, I don't think he really – and even he admitted, Dos Santos even said – that he thought he was done in the second round. He thought that. Yeah. So that says a lot right there. But again, the testament of how tough this dude is is ridiculous. I mean, this but is like... Fight, but you know what? Those are fights that are going to start... Oh, they're going to come back. Fight, yeah. Those are going to come back. What's such as his corner didn't stop the fight. It was to the point where Dana was sitting there next to um, the, the Petito brother's cousin, and the guy was saying, like, damn, Dana, can you throw the towel in? And then Dana had to yeah. think, think about it. He's like, can I? But he admitted, he said, yeah, but if I throw it in the towel, then... Probably all juniors people would have killed me, and all of Brazil would have tried to kill me. All I can think about was Rocky. Throw the towel. Throw the towel. <laughs> yeah, but that was that was that was savage, man. And then that's but, D, but Diego, Diego Melendez though. Woo! Diego, he's one of those guys. It's just you're not gonna get a boring fight with Diego. Oh, uh, never, never. It's not gonna happen. Never. He delivers. That's why he can continually lose and keep his job because people are gonna be they're gonna be excited from his fight. It's gonna be a barn burner. This dude does not care. So, and that's another one. I have a feeling just these fights are going to catch up with him later on in life yeah. as well. Because oh, Diego's no. taking some major ass whoopings, dude. And then, and then we have a whole bunch of who cares coming up in the UFC too, such as you know BJ Penn versus uh, what's his name? What's that? Oh, little um, he's going to be a coach on Ultimate Fighter. I'm like yeah. again. Yeah, it's going to be a three, it's going to be a three peat with a guy who beat him twice. Frankie <laughs> Edgar. Yeah, Frankie Edgar. Yeah, Frankie. BJ like, uh, and Frankie Edgar are going to be coaches, and okay, so you guys are going to be coaches, and then you're going to fight at the end of the season. You're going to fight a guy that you lost to twice already. Yeah. <laughs> that that kind of falls into the who cares category. My yeah. thing is, how do you follow up a season, probably one of the best seasons of Ultimate Fighter in a long time that we're having right now with Ronda Rousey and Misha Tate? How are you going to follow that up with that? I don't know. I think I think Ronda's going to lose a lot of fans after the season's over, Dad, because the, the way she carries herself. Is, yeah, it's, Misha talks about that all the time, too, man. Yeah. Like, you know, now people can actually see what she's like. We'll see. I was thinking about that today as I was watching last week's episode. I think with guys, we're so stupid and we're so simple. I don't think we care because Ronda's just so freaking fly. <laughs> it's <just> like, <laughs> Private. I don't know, you know, whatever Allura, I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not really a fan of hers. I, I, to tell you the truth, man, I don't really think she's that attractive. Not that that, that, who cares what I think, but just my attitude, and it's probably just because of the way she carries herself, you know. Yeah, exactly, cool. but, you know, how many if guys are going to cool. think like we're thinking, though, man? Yeah, a lot of guys may think like that. But yeah, I'm 40 now, so I'm no longer a fucking idiot, as I like to think I'm not. So <laughs> I don't want to fall into that category, and my attitude is... If your personality is that ugly, then who cares about the rest, man? You know? Most of the guys, most of the most of these guys watching this are usually late teens, early twenties, late twenties. You know, still kind of got the hey, man, hot blonde. You know, and she can break somebody's arm. Huh, huh. And right, right, right. Well, and it's crazy because I wasn't that much of a Misha Tate fan when they were in Strike Force because it was always portrayed as she being the bad girl and she's always the one that was always complaining and the one that was disrespectful. And right, now right, it's right. kind of you know even the first couple episodes 
and my wife asked me, like, why don't you like Misha? I'm like, just stuff from Strike Force, you know, whatever. But now it's kind of like, well, kind of swinging over here to the Misha Tate side here. Some people are going to be like, oh, uh, Ronda's being authentic and Misha's just being a faker to win fans. Like, you know, I don't, I don't watch the show enough to really care. I mean, I catch enough right. there. So I don't, I don't think about it that in depth, folks. You know, who cares? Here's what I worry about, though. I worry about that Ronda's so emotional that she's going to pull a Rampage and Rashad episode of The Ultimate Fighter, you know, season of The Ultimate Fighter, where so emotional about it that she'll end up losing. Yeah. You know, because I mean, she's so, and like me, she don't, said, I don't, like she I has don't to hate someone that. in order to fight them. The thing yeah. is, when you go in hating someone that much, it's hard. Yeah, I think a lot of it is just her strategy. You know, it's just her trying to get into Misha's head. Those, like, yeah, but it's like, not working this time. This is the third fight. I don't think you're going to get in her head now. She knows you now. She really knows who you are. So it has to be a different strategy at this point. I don't, I don't see Misha Tate winning, though. You know what I mean? I, I, don't think, I think Ronda's probably going to catch her arm again and probably break it off. You know, I, I just don't see it happen. But anyway, we'll yeah. see. We'll see. <laughs> break it again. Yeah, we'll see what, yeah, exactly. We'll see what happens in December. It should be interesting one way or the other. But, you know, it's kind of funny. If you, if you read different comments about each episode, there, there are a lot of people that are like, oh, I used to be a fan of Ronda. Now, now yeah. Miss Piggy can go F herself. You know, comments like that. A lot of derogatory comments like that. So I, I, I do think that, uh, you know, it, I think it's almost a double standard. Like, you know, guys can be real trash talkers and people think it's funny. But when, yeah. when a woman does it, it's kind of like, oh, she's tacky. I don't like the way she's carrying herself. You've been a crybaby or, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, stop yeah, acting yeah. like a bitch and blah, yeah. blah, and. You know, why is she so there's, there's mad? Something, there's something to be, to be said about a guy like Cain Velasquez, man. I mean, the guy is totally classy. He's never disrespectful of his opponents. He just he just lays it for the fight. Goes man. in, gets the work done. When he, when he fights you, though, he's going to destroy you. You know, he's, he's going <laughs> yeah. so he's, he's to let, let his fighting, fighting do the talking. And I, and I like that. I like that exactly. about him. I think that's one of the reasons why he's very popular is that he's a, he's a low-key guy. He's not boring, but he's a low-key guy. And, and Joe Santos, same kind of person. But right. these, these guys, when they go in there, they're not going to leave anything outside the ring. Whereas right. if it's somebody like Chael Sonnen, like, oh, here we go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which is also very interesting that Chael, they have Chael and Vanderlei, like, going to be the coaches of Ultimate Fighter Brazil. I'm like, oh, boy, I'm like Danny, do you want Chael to die? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's not going to make it out of that country alive. You kidding me? I'm like, come on. He survived it once. Come on. You're playing with fire now. You're sending him to Brazil to live for, what, 12 weeks? You better have him <laughs> in, like, uh, sh- you better have him in like a CIA safe house. It's like a bunker. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's not going to make it out of that country. <laughs> it, they should be televising that in the U.S. I mean, that's, that's not the show that you want to limit to Brazil because people oh, are going to yeah, We want to see that happen, you know. Yeah, yeah. I want to see that more than BJ Penn. I think it'll be more interesting than the last episode, than the premiere, the premiere season that they had of the Ultimate Fighter Brazil. That wasn't all that interesting to me. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, this time around, yeah, please. That's reality television right there. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah. Well, cool, man. Uh, we actually, uh, we'll, we'll save some of the reader questions for next time. Then, you know, next awesome. time we do, next time we do one of these episodes where it's just you and I talking, we'll, we'll get through some training questions and so forth. And, and if, you, if there's a, t- a topic you'd like to hear us discuss, go ahead and shoot us an email and, you know, we'll, we'll incorporate that into episodes. Yeah, and even with your questions, it doesn't have to be limited to fitness. It also no, 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 we're just two entrepreneurs over here on the on both sides of these microphones right here, business wise. But we always talk about you know running your own business and being an entrepreneur and just the freedom that comes with it. So don't be afraid to ask the questions about that as well. You might be in the fitness side of things or in another industry, and you're like, what's my next move, dude? You want to hear about the pros and cons of man grooming, or you know where to go in Vegas to get your ass bleached? <laughs> you know? well, we'll fill you. In. I'm gonna put all that on Mike. Mike's an expert. <laughs> I think we're gonna have an owner of an ass bleaching store come on the podcast sometime and just talk about what kind of clients come through and techniques that are used and so forth. <laughs> <laughs> All, all you, right. That's pretty much all you're going to hear from me the entire time is a lot of freaking laughing yeah, and yeah, yeah. little boy giggling. <laughs> yeah, then, like, then we'll have, that, that same week we'll have the inventor of the fleshlight come on and talk about that. <laughs> so, every, every, you know, that's the one time we're just going to have – I'm going to have vodka right here in a shot glass, and yeah. every time I hear anal, I'm going to take a shot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're going to be pretty wasted by the end of that episode. I know, exactly. <laughs> Well, cool, man. We're going to wrap up there for today. Again, folks, use coupon code LLA to get 10% off any of my nutrition supplement products. And you can also use it to get 30% off Sincere's body weight training video. And I don't have any workshops coming up. I'm taking a break. You know, there's a possibility I'll do a couple of overseas events next year just to, just to see some other countries I haven't been to yet and just to keep things fresh. But I'm definitely going to take the rest of this year off. 
to just think about what I want to do and probably take a good chunk of 2014 off. I'm definitely not going to be teaching anywhere in the U.S. That's a given, and I'm probably not going to hit the U.K. again. But there's an opportunity for me to teach in New Zealand. So I'm evaluating that. You know, I haven't been to New Zealand since I was a kid, so I'd love to check out that country. Beautiful place. And there's a couple opportunities in India and other parts of Asia that I'm, that I'm considering mm-hmm. as well. But besides that, I'm, I'm going to take a break for a while. How about yourself? For me, man, again, there's the IKFF World Kettlebell Sport Championships coming up mid-November. Not only competing that weekend, but also we'll be teaching a workshop with our buddy Ken Blackburn. And Ken will have that information posted on their site coming up probably by the time this show is out or the week following that, since that's right around the corner. It's going to be pretty much a complete athlete-type course where it's covering bodyweight training, kettlebell training, kettlebell sport training, Bulgarian bag training, and incorporating all of this and becoming a well-rounded athlete, not just specializing in one thing. So it's going beyond just being a kettlebell sport athlete or just being someone that does powerlifting. I think that's what's lacking right now is being a complete athlete. Everybody has all the specialized stuff going on. Or on the flip side, you have people who just have this potpourri of everything training with no, just no mission at all. No right. rhyme getting, or reason. Getting, so, getting good at nothing. Yeah. Exactly. So, you know, what we're doing with this type of workshop, and we've been talking, Ken and I have been talking about this for a while. What we're doing with this is really honing it in, really talking about these different styles, but also programming. So it's almost pretty much like the MMA of training. Right. Okay. So you have all these different specialties that you bring together to become this well-rounded athlete. And that's pretty much what we're going with these complete athlete workshops. Cool. Uh, and other than that, we have another workshop coming up in League City, Texas, which is Right outside where NASA is, outside Houston, that pretty much is going to be bodyweight training, kettlebell training, but, again, for the complete athlete. So it's not going to be just kettlebell sport. It's not going to be just bodyweight training just for recovery or just to do something when you don't want to lift weights. It's about helping to enhance if you're a power lifter, if you're into Olympic lifting, if you're into those things. And it's going to be at um, League City CrossFit. So even if you're going to the CrossFit Games or something like that, how to utilize kettlebells and bodyweight training to enhance those particular areas in which you specialize in. It's going to be fun doing that. It's something I've kind of looked forward to for a long time, just to really bring other aspects into the workshops, not just specializing in this one thing. Because let's be honest, most of these workshops, they beat all these one things to death. So, yeah, that's what I have coming up. And that will be – all that information will be on my website as soon as those dates are available. And it'll be on newwarriortraining.com. So, yep, that's what I have going on, bro. That's good, man. That's going to wrap up for today, and we will see you folks next week. Hey, take it easy, everybody. 